All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed day as we are. As we always like to say, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the of the living and yet another chance to get our acts together. Today is December 14th, 2023 and week 254. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say welcome back thank you guys for tuning in week out week in and week out trying to hear what thus is the lord and we have one early comment it is from kim she says greetings in the name of jesus to all praise the lord and greetings to you too thank you so much for tuning in and being one of the early comments we just got another one david says praise the lord my brothers hope everyone is having a great day in the lord jesus and praise the lord to you too thank you as well for being one of the early comments so as you can see from the title it says q and a we've been getting some questions recently um from our contact form through the website so we're just going to go over those um and answer those hopefully they're tuned in live or hopefully they listen to it um after or watch it after yeah that would be great um i i want to say again how important it is to ask questions because you never know it could be 2085 if the lord blesses and the world is still here just because you asked that question now someone then could have their questions answered as well so we always encourage the the asking of questions so without any further ado i'm going to pass it over to minister tony banks and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message as always we pray that you guys get something out of it thank you Melvin. let us go into a word of prayer can you guys hear me okay? Sound good on my end. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you first and foremost, Lord, for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for how you continually watch over us, Lord. We thank you for how you uh, provided shelter for us, Lord, food. Uh, you provided so much, Lord, for us, Lord. Continue to uh, help us to remain humble. Help us to remain grateful, Lord. Help us to remain thankful no matter what it is that you give us in this life and no matter what things we endure, Lord. Continually remind us that there is a reason to have of joy in the midst of every storm, Lord. We're praying for our unsaved friends, our unsaved family members, loved ones. Um, we're praying, Lord, that we would, uh, that they would see your light shine through us, Lord, that someone would become curious, Lord, that someone would desire to be saved, Lord, because that's the most important thing in this life, Lord. We understand uh, we need so much. We need food. We need shelter. We need uh, money to survive, Lord. We understand we need all these things, Lord, but regardless of all of that, with all that we get, help us to get an understanding of you, Lord, and help us to be saved, Lord. That's what we desire the most, to be saved. So, Lord, we're praying that your word would go forth tonight, that we would all decrease and that only you would increase. Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, God bless each of you for tuning in with us for another week's Bible study. We will be getting to some questions tonight. Um, and I do want to encourage you guys, as always, you can comment your questions in the chat. Uh, you can send questions through the website. You can send it through text. However you have to get it to us, you can call and ask your question. Whatever it is that uh, you you desire, whatever it is that you've been thinking about, um, or you just have a, a general question on it. It may just pop up in your mind even during a study. Feel free to mention those. And so uh, we do thank God for the interaction that we received. And so um, just looking at those questions, I definitely wanted to appreciate the person. Uh, it's not about calling it out, calling people out and mentioning names or anything like that, but we did want to address the questions that were asked because um, we appreciate that. And, you know, this is the will of God. You know, he told us to seek. Um, and, you know, we will find, we shall find. And so uh, I'm praying to God tonight for the individuals who have uh, commented and asked questions that God would continue to bless you, that God would continue to help you and keep you encouraged. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when we begin to examine ourselves and we begin to see 
where we're coming up short. And so I thank God for his people having this type of mind because, you know, this is, this is about being saved. That's what this is about. And so I thank God for that. And uh, Melvin, if you can read those questions there, um, I, I want to get the first two. I'll, I'll try to combine both of those questions there. All right. One says, how to see people with mercy and love? Now, these questions, uh, they are paraphrased now. We, we're not going to read the entire, uh, the entire text that was sent, but uh, we can get to the gist of these questions. So how do we see people with mercy and love? And what's that second question? Uh, let's see. Asking for help from God rather than praying, giving thanks. How to naturally, uh, how to be naturally better at this? Okay, so the the individual asks these questions one because they recognize. See, sometimes it's hard to deal with people. Let's move to uh, to the book of Luke, chapter. 17 and verse 5. Sometimes it's hard to deal with people. I believe you have that up on the screen. Um, <laughs> I can't mm -hmm. see it, so that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. But nonetheless, uh, sometimes it's difficult to deal with people. Um, there are many occasions in life where someone really gets under your skin. They get on your nerves. Uh, they, they frustrate you. Uh, sometimes we'll try to help people. And it seems as if everything we do for them, they turn around and stab us in the back every time we try to help them, lend a helping hand. And so sometimes it's just so hard to uh, just put up with people. So, so uh, we're going to pick up a scripture here in Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. Let's see what that says. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Jesus now, the reason we went here was because the first question was how to see people with mercy and love. The, the, the individual wants to find out how can we begin to see people with the love of God? Because this person has run into some situations where people made it hard on them. Where, uh, look, you can be in traffic and somebody will cut you off. Matter of fact, I was driving, I was driving just the other day and I have no idea what I did to, to this person who was behind me. But this person, now it was dark and you know we obviously had our lights on and so this person got right up on me, right behind me, uh, to the point where if I hit on brakes hard enough, they would have most certainly hit me. And so I couldn't figure, now they had their lights on bright, and I couldn't figure out what the issue was, so I slowed down to allow the individual to move over, and they did not. So I moved over, and then they got over right behind me. And I moved back to the other lane and they jumped behind me again. And so at that point, I realized they had some type of issue with me. I had no clue what the problem was. I had no idea. And so I slowed all the way down until they finally passed me. But this person who wrote these questions, they have been in situations similar to where somebody has caused some, some grief, has caused some aggression, some anger, because sometimes people are acting crazy for no reason whatsoever. And so how do we see these people with mercy and the love of God? How do we forgive these people? How do we uh, just extend grace the same way God has toward us? How do we do that? Look, that's a great question. Because many of us find ourselves in situations like this daily. 
trying to forgive someone, trying to look past something someone has did to us time and time again. So read that verse again for us, Melvin. Uh, Verse five, read that for us again. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. See, these apostles, they too found themselves viewing people and having a hard time extending grace, extending mercy, extending compassion, extending care. They too found themselves. See, Jesus, uh, he was having a conversation with his disciples and Peter asked him, look, how many times should we forgive someone? How often should I show this person mercy? How often should I forgive them after I know they've con- I know they've did me wrong? How many times? We know the story. Peter said, look, should it be seven? Jesus said, not so, but 70 times seven, you've got to continue to do it. And so the reason I wanted to come to verse five is because Peter realized something, and I believe those other disciples realized something as well. They said, man, I'm not in the place to do this. That's what this this question is saying here. I realize it's something I need to do, but I'm not quite in the position to do it. So what we're needing at this hour is an increase in faith. That's what we're needing. Flip over to the book, flip over to chapter 18. We're going to stay in the same book. Chapter 18 and verse 10. See, the the word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Our faith is increased when we hear the word of God. Now, I, I cannot leave this out, but we first need to receive the Holy Ghost. I can't leave this out. This is what Jesus told his disciples to go and wait for. See, before we read this, we better go and get that. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we better read that first. But we'll come right back over here. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. This is a promise from God to us. He is promising to give you power, power to love, power to forgive, power to show mercy, power to show compassion, power to do all the things that ourselves, we are powerless. See, uh, they ask, how can they naturally become better at certain things? It's not going to happen for us naturally because our nature is the flesh. Our nature is to become upset and so angry to a, at a point with a person that we no longer, look, we'll say, man, I'll never forgive so-and-so. This is our flesh. But once we receive the spirit of God, and once we begin to grow in God's spirit, and once we begin to grow in God's understanding, see, you'll have some power. You will be able to do some things that people will look at you and say, how in the world could you forgive? When they did you wrong so many times, you know, sometimes people don't even have to do anything to you personally. But just because they did something wrong to someone, you know. It'll cause unforgiveness in you. They don't have to do it specifically to you. Look, I've seen. I've seen mass killers commit crimes, kill people. And I've seen people who live in another state, they they don't know, they don't know the person, 
All that they know is what this this crime that the person has committed. And I've heard people say, you know what? I hope they rot in hell. See, that's unforgiveness. That's not extending mercy. That's not extending grace. But God, on the other hand, he's telling us, look, if you would harden not your heart, if you would just open your heart, God is still promising to forgive. So what we need first and foremost is God's Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost now. We need the Holy Ghost. So now, let's move uh, back to where we were because I've got a few questions I need to get to tonight. And I do appreciate you guys for your questions. So I want to make sure that I address those. So Back to where we were um, in the book of Luke, chapter 18 and verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Mm -hmm. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful merciful to me, a sinner. Now, I wanted to read this because... The question here, the question at hand is how do I show grace and mercy? How do I uh, show forgiveness? How do I show all of these things? So now it's important for us to read. You know, I've said it before. One of my favorite ways to learn is from somebody else's mistake. Now, I'm not saying that (laughs) I'm I'm not saying that in a bad way. But what I'm saying is there have been enough mistakes in life for me to learn some valuable lessons. See, honestly, I feel and I hope people would learn from my mistakes. If we're talking about some things and I share my mistakes with you, I hope to God that you would learn from. I don't want to see you make the exact same mistake. So we're reading this. So that when we find ourselves making a mistake or about to make one, we can look at what someone else did and choose the better option. So this man now, this Pharisee, this church going person, he is praying to God. A question was asked about prayer. He's praying to God now. And he's looking at his life compared to their life. He says, I thank God. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not this. I'm not that. Look, I'm fasting. I'm I'm praying. God, I thank God. I thank you. I'm not like these other sinners around here. See, the problem with this is sometimes once we begin to do a little better, than what we used to do. See, I don't believe now this man always paid tithes. I don't believe that. I don't believe this person was always trying to halfway do right. I don't believe it. Because this person wasn't Jesus. We've all sinned. So I don't believe this person was always living this type of life, but he found himself being judgmental to someone else's life while magnifying his. He's forgotten where he's come from. So the reason I'm saying this is the next time we look at the wrongs that someone else did, I I know there are mass murderers. I know there are rapists. I know there are uh, uh, so many people. There are pedophiles. There are are crimes that we look at and we say, wow, that's despicable. 
And sometimes it's not as serious. Sometimes it's a person that's telling little white lies, whatever it is. I understand. But I want you to first think about the crimes that you've committed, the wrongs that you have did. And just think about how God has forgiven us. We can't move too far beyond where we've come from. We're not too far removed. And so many times when I look at the wrongs someone else is doing, you know, uh, the scripture talks about King David uh, when he killed uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. You know, when the scripture talks about him, and God sends the prophet down to him to correct him. See, we need this correction. God sent the prophet down to him and told him a parable. But that parable pointed to King David. In fact, he was wanting to inflict death. He said, this man needs to be put to death. This man needs to be judged for his wrong. But the prophet had to remind him, look, David, it's you. You're this person. So from now on, when we look at someone who has committed wrongs and, and we feel they're worthy of death, they're worthy of some type of punishment, we've got to begin to look at ourselves and see we all deserve death. According to God now, we all deserve that. That's why Jesus came to die for our sins. Because we deserve that. We were supposed to be in his place. Not, no one of us is better than the other. So when I began to think about just how much God has spared my life, just what he spared me from, hell, the lake of fire, at that point, it becomes easier for me to extend grace and mercy to someone else. Because the reality is, I don't deserve it and neither do they. We're the same people. We are the, in the exact same position. So, uh, what verse did we finish on here? Uh, read 13. Um, Let's keep reading there. Alrighty. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone... That, oh, mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm for sorry. everyone that exalted, exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. See, once we begin to humble ourselves and tell God, I'm no better than the murderer. God, the murderer and I deserve the same thing. See, this is only going to come, though, when we get in the word and we see just how God views us all. This is, this is the only way we're going to get to this place. And so now it becomes hard. Now it becomes hard for me to look at someone else and wish death on them. You know, the Bible tells us in one place, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. So once we get to a place where we recognize our mistakes, and we have corrected them. You know, it is the love of God for us to want to help them. You know, if, if, if a person is in a burning house, that's, the, that's love. You want them to get out. See, when people are in sin, that's a burning building. Look, the Bible talks about uh, people living in sin, living in pleasure. They're dead while they're living. See, we ought to want to help people. So now when I see people 
like the person who was driving all up on me. When I see those type of things, it makes me feel sorry now. Sure, I might get a little agitated, but it makes me feel sorry because I understand somebody's not in the place they need to be. And I've been there. And I realize now how God has helped me. And I'm hoping to God that he'll help somebody else to wake up because our time is short. So we first need to receive the spirit of God. And we need to continually stay in the word. See, just stay in the word. The word is going to answer every question we have. Just stay in the word. And God will open your eyes to see so much. So let's get uh, the next couple questions here, Melvin. All right. Number two is ask, or, or did you mean number three? Uh, number, number three, yeah. Okay. What should we do as Christians to become a part of the solution since people are divided? Now, this question, this question comes from uh, this this uh, person looking at the looking at the condition of the world, and especially with different beliefs, politics, different religions, um, we become divided, and. Oftentimes, we, there's so much strife. There's so many fights. There's so much um, debate going on. And so they're wondering, what should we be doing as the people of God to be a part of the solution here? Now, I want to, uh, let me first go to what Jesus said. Uh, in the book of John, chapter 17, let's go to verse 9, John 17 and verse 9, because I, I want to be totally transparent here with you. See, sometimes as people of God, we think we can fix some things that we cannot. See, the word of God is not going to return unto him void. What it says in this book is going to come to pass. There's no way around it. There's some things that are said in this book that I, I might not like. You know, I, I don't find any pleasure or joy knowing that the Bible declares most people are going to be lost. Most people are actually going to hell. This book says so. I don't take pleasure in knowing that. That doesn't excite me. But I realize it doesn't matter how many people I run out on the street and try to preach to. Now, I'm not telling you I'm not still going to preach, but I'm saying I still expect God's word to come true. So now... The reason I'm going at it this from this angle is because I want you to know that we cannot cause everyone to unite. We cannot make everyone agree. We have no power to do this. We cannot do it. This world is going to continue to be divided to the day we all die until Christ comes back, until God straightens out this world himself. See, he told us in one place he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. But he told us, let them grow together. I, I, I better not go and get that, but I probably should go and get that. But he realized in this world, you've got people who are trying to live right and people who are not. And that's going to cause 
a division. But now I want to read what Jesus said about this world that we're living in. So pick us up, Melvin, if you will, John 17 and verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now, these are some tough words from Jesus. I know we think about the scripture where he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish and have everlasting life, eternal life. I, I know we think about that scripture. But let us hear the whole matter of this thing. Jesus said, I pray for them. He's talking about his people now. The people who are seeking God, the people who are asking questions, realizing, God, I'm not where I need to be, but God, I'm trying to get better day by day. He's praying for those people. He said, I pray not for the world. See, I want you to know, it doesn't matter how many of us get together we cannot and we will not stop all of the division in this world. See, I want you to think about some things here. If Jesus endured all of this, see, look at, look at the people who Jesus encountered. He encountered different groups. Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians. He encountered so many different groups, the Romans, all of these different types of people. And you know they were divided. But Jesus was trying to get them to believe in the true words of God. But they would not believe in him. I was just talking to, um, I believe my wife, and we were talking about Jesus he told the people in one place, he said, except ye eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He said, you have no part in me. And you know, these people who had been walking with him, I don't know how long or any of that, but they had been with him and they turned and walked off. And you know, I want you to think about that. That was a, my God, that was a division right there. And I want you to go back and read it and think about, did Jesus follow behind those people? See, there was a division there. Jesus told them, you need to believe what I'm telling you. And they said, man, this is a hard saying. Who can hear that? Man, this guy's crazy. And they turned and walked away from him. Did he? Follow them. You know what, Melvin? I really didn't plan to go there, but let's go and get that. Uh, I believe it's in the book of John. John chapter 6, verse 60. 16, I'm sorry. Or no, is it 6? Seemed like it shouldn't be in chapter six, but it's, it might be in six. That might be right. So you said six and 60? Yes. All right. Uh, that don't sound right in my mind, though, but mm -hmm. uh, that might be right. Let's go. Yep. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said... This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Now, this is after Jesus has told them, look, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Now, you know, the number one thing that divides us as people is when we don't understand something. They, they separated themselves from Jesus because they could not understand his teaching. Sometimes I feel I say some things on here that people say, I just don't understand it. I just don't see it like that. And it will cause you to pull away from it. So this has happened to Jesus. His disciples now, these are people who were walking with him. Read that again for us, Melvin. I really want us to see this. 
verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is an hard saying. Who can hear it? You know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we feel the things that God is telling us to do is just too hard for us to do it. You say, I just, it's just too hard for me to forgive. It's too hard for me to let go of certain things. I, I just can't. But all things are possible with Christ. But now, I want to drop down to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. See, what he said caused a division. It caused a division. Look, we, we're divided so much, and it doesn't take much for the devil to divide us. Look, I grew up in a small town, and somebody who lived five minutes away from me you get in the car and go a good five minutes. They felt like they were from a totally different country. I mean, <laughs> they were willing to fight you because you're from a different part of town. Only a few minutes away. Only a few minutes away. But divisions were there. Divisions. It doesn't take much to separate us. We live in the United States right now, many of us, and look at the divisions. Look, you, you can't go to a certain school without there being divisions. You'll see some of these football games, fans are fighting each other, shooting at one another. Divisions. Because somebody went to a different school. Somebody got a different degree. It's so much that causes us to be divided. And the truth is, it's always going to be this way until, until the Lord returns. So now, many of the disciples, now, these are disciples. They went back and they walked no more with Jesus. So I want you to notice something closely. Pick up verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? So the question is, did Jesus chase behind those disciples who were divided? Did he chase them down and say, look, get back here. Look, you guys need to be saved. He didn't. He turned to the 12 and he said, do you want to leave too? The door is open. See, I'm saying this because I want you to understand there's going to be division. And in fact, you should allow it. You say, Tony, what are you talking? Why would I allow? Because you can't control somebody else's decision. If Jesus let people turn from him, who am I to make them turn around? Who am I to do this? Now, it's not his will that any should perish. It's not. But you know what? God is still allowing people to do it. He's trying to help. He's trying to save people. But at the end of the day, God is allowing people to make their own decision. You know, I, I hate seeing people make the wrong choice. But what can we do? He didn't give us the power. Peter told us in the book of Acts, he says, save yourself. In Acts chapter two, he says, save yourself because you can't make somebody else be saved. So Jesus told his disciples, we read uh, where he told his disciples, he said, I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for his children. So we should be coming together with the people of God. We should be uniting God's people. In fact, the word of God tells us to be separated. Run over to the book of 2 Corinthians. 
chapter 6. I'm doing a little moving tonight, but 2 Corinthians chapter 6, because I, I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Do you see? He's telling us there is supposed to be a division. So when we find people are divided, you know what we ought to be doing? Keeping our mind stayed on him. If we keep our eyes and our mind on him, he'll keep us in perfect peace. It's so hard for people to be saved because a lot of times we are spending too much time with people who don't have the same goals. People who are not serious about God. And it makes it harder on those of us who are trying to be serious, who are serious. So I want to encourage you, don't focus on the division that exists within this world. Look, it's going to be divided because the devil, look, he's, he's at work. And he's not concerned with overtime pay. He's not concerned with a vacation. But he's concerned with working every second. He's trying to destroy someone. So God tells us, be ye separated. He said, come out from among them. Be separated. So I don't want you to get discouraged when looking at a separation that exists within this world. You know what? This separation is for your benefit. If you can get together with the people of God, it's for your benefit. Because you're going to need someone to hold you accountable sometimes. You're going to need someone to pick you up sometimes. You're going to need someone to have your back. This is what God brought us together for. You know, from the very beginning, God went after he created Adam. He said, it's not good for him to be alone. You know, this is true, not just for someone being married. This is true for us all. We need other people around us. We need help. We need communication. We need to talk to someone. We need this. He created us this way. So you need to make sure you're talking to the right person. Because if you talk to the wrong group of people, you'll find yourself separating from God. You'll walk away just as those people did from Jesus. Being under the wrong influence. We've been talking about that in the Monday night Bible studies. Being under the wrong influence. You know, there are some good people in this world who have just been surrounded by bad influences. And that's what God wants you to get away from. So don't worry about the division. Just come together with the people of God so that we can remain strong together. Now, I want to get uh, this last question from uh, that was submitted to us today. And um, we can address any other questions that we might have in the chat. Um, so let's let's pick up that, that fourth question there, Melvin. All right. They're saying little Jesus and so much greed, anxiety and depression. What can we look to in the Bible to help us stay encouraged or optimistic? Now, this comes uh, the person was no doubt thinking about Christmas. And so they, they looked at it and they said that they're seeing little Jesus in Christmas. And more of all of these other things, greed, uh, you know, this lust that we have for gifts, because uh, that, now that's, that definitely is happening in a lot of places. You know, you're trained to expect gifts. That's all we're expecting. And there's nothing wrong with the gift, but we understand the most important thing uh, that we should be 
concerning ourselves with is that Christ was given to us and we know he died for us. So I want to look at Revelation chapter 22 and verse 10 because is more of what I was just saying. Pick us up in Revelation chapter 22 and 10, man. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. See, I want you to realize it's time for God's people more than ever to get serious, get more serious than we've ever been about our salvation because our time is winding up whether the rapture takes place first or whether you die first, our time is winding up. If you see what's going on in Israel right now, United States being virtually Israel's only ally, and the United States is having it out with Israel. The United States is getting fed up. See, we're, we're getting closer and closer to what Jesus predicted to the scriptures to them being fulfilled, and everyone turns on Israel. It's time for God's people to wake up and see this. Pick us up in that next verse, Melvin. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. See, this is what I want you to understand. There's going to be a separation. He that is unjust, look, you need to start letting people do what they're going to do. Look, if, if people don't want to see Christ in Christmas, if they're all concerned about a car, a house, some nice lavish thing. Look, he's. you need to let him. You need to start letting people do what they want to do. Because again, Jesus did. Because God is. You know, it, it's not God's will for someone to murder. It's not God's will for someone to lie, steal. But do you realize he's allowing it? See, uh, look, I, I can think of uh, sometimes <laughs> when people know they, when, when, so, when there are a few people around, you can have a couple people around, and one of the people knows the other person just told a lie. They'll know it. And I, I can think of times where people say, oh, I'm going to step back before lightning strikes <laughs> before the lightning strikes you. See, sometimes you would know they just did wrong. But God didn't strike them with lightning. He didn't instantly paralyze them. He didn't shut their mouth and make them choke. Look, he didn't do anything like that. He just let them go ahead and tell the lie. He let them tell the lie. See, God, the reason I'm saying this is God is letting people make their choices. And so we're going to be able to look around and see so much wrong in the world. But we ought to keep looking at Christ. See, Peter, when he was, uh, when they were um, on the ship and Jesus came out walking on the water, Peter asked him, look, if it's you, allow me to come out to you. I want to walk on water just as you are. And so Jesus allowed him to. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk. But the moment he began looking at everything else going on, see, the moment you keep your eyes on, well, this person is not thankful and that person did this and somebody else did that. As long as we keep our eyes on all of these other things, look, we will never get to the place that God wants us to get to. It's continually a burden upon us because somebody else isn't doing right. Our friends and our family members, it's a burden on us because we want them to be saved so bad. But the word of God tells us, he said, look, if they just don't want to do right, he said, look, it's time for you to save yourself. You need to let them. You've got to let them. Now, I'm not telling you to do this now if you have children that are growing up in your home now. I'm not telling you to do that. This is what this is not what the scripture is saying. Look, you need to train up those children the way God said. 
But I'm talking about there are grown people around us that we're trying to get them to do right. That's not your child. And even if you do have a child, once that child is grown, look, you can't tell that child what to do now. That child is not, does not have to obey you. That child can make their own decision. So let's read this verse again, Mel. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Mm-hmm. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Mm-hmm. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Look, I'm telling you, we better start getting around holy people. Righteous people, people who are trying to live. Now, this doesn't mean people trying to live right. This does not mean they're perfect. They never sinned before. They never did any wrong. That's not what this is saying. But they are trying to live a godly life. This is what we're after tonight. Read that next verse for us, Melvin. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. You want to be encouraged? Look, just think about the reward that you have for living this holy life. If you want to be encouraged, think about what God has in store for you. See, we don't even know it all, but Paul told us, he said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, my God, they're not even worthy to be mentioned in the same breath. The stuff I'm going through, the stuff you're going through is not worthy to even be mentioned after we receive all that God has for us. Look, we've received part of it. We've received a few things here and there, but God has so much more that is not worth us keeping our eyes on people around us who don't want to live right. And they, they're talking about you're crazy. Uh, the scripture talks about scoffers in the last days and how they're going to talk about, man, you've been waiting on this promise. You guys been talking about Jesus and he's coming back and heaven and all this other garbage. And it hadn't happened yet. See, endure those things. Hold on. But I'm telling you, you've got to start getting around people of God. You've got to start getting around like-minded people. Look, the saying is true. It's not Bible uh, verbatim, at least, but the saying is true. Birds of a feather flock together. Look, you need to get with some like-minded birds. If that's what it it takes, you need to start hanging around some other birds. (laughs) If that's what it takes, because the more you hang around these other people that are negative, that are, 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 Pulling you further from God. You know, we've got friends that we used to do things with that we shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, sometimes people of God, we will uh, we will decide to make a change. Look, it can be something as simple as you used to smoke cigarettes or you might even just be trying to stop. You know, I've talked to many people who were trying to stop smoking cigarettes or some type of vape or whatever it is. But they have friends that still smoke. And you know what? Those friends weren't telling them, man, I'm not going to give you any. (laughs) No, their friends told them, man, you sure you want to stop? (laughs) It smells good, doesn't it? Man, go ahead and just get you one. See, that's not the type of people you need to be around. You need to change your crowd. If you really want the reward that God has for you. So if you want to see your life change for the better. Associate yourself with people of God, like minded people. Not perfect people now, not people who never make mistakes. But people who are going to hold themselves accountable and they're going to hold you accountable. People who are going to love you despite what crimes and sins you have committed. But also loving you enough to tell you, you can't keep doing that. You can't keep doing, you might have messed up, but you can't keep doing that same thing. 
So sure, people are uh, making Christmas out to be something it might not be. But you know, that's what man does. Man is good at making things what they shouldn't be. This is what humanity is good at doing. So I don't want any of us to focus so much on the flaws and the limitations of humanity. What we must focus on, on the contrary, what we must focus on is God. We've got to save ourselves. I heard a preacher preach about this some weeks ago. He says, sweep around your own front door. We've got to clean up ourselves. Uh, the, the writer said, create in me a clean heart. We need a clean heart and a right spirit. But the only way we're going to get that is when we start looking at ourselves. So I thank God for those questions that we were asked. Um, and I hope and pray that more people would ask questions. I, I was moving a little fast. Um, I, I probably... I might, I probably won't try to cram all of those questions together um, in one Bible study, but, but uh, Melvin, did we have anything else? Uh, no, that was it. Okay. Okay. Well, at this time, I definitely want to turn it back into the hands of Melvin. God bless you guys. Um, and may God continue to strengthen you. Uh, thank you, Tony. Uh, Minister Banks, uh, that was a good message as always. And I just want to say to the individual who submitted the form, thank you so much. For your questions, um, let's see. Uh, I don't think we have any other. Well, we did have one question earlier, but I think they got it um, sorted out, Levon. I hope that you did. Um, they were asking what book and chapter. Um, and then they said yes after a certain amount of time. So I think that they got that straight. Um, but yes, uh, we had a Bible study about four going on five years now, uh, four or five years ago, where we were already on the live stream for about an hour and a half or so. And then as soon as we got off, uh, we noticed that someone asked a question and then we had, well, we went back on for about another hour and a half where people were just asking questions um, such as, do we need to be baptized to be saved? How do you get baptized? How do you know if you have the Holy Ghost or not? And those are, are very important questions because we have so many churches giving a a false answer on how to be saved. How do we know if we're going to make it into heaven or not? Is it just going and shaking the preacher's hand saying, um, I, be I believe that Jesus died for me. I accept him as my personal savior. We have a lot of churches saying that when it's so much more. Um, Tony mentioned the verse where Paul said, or I'm sorry, Peter said to save yourselves from this untoward generation. Um, the verse before that said, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, yes, it is a requirement to be baptized and we have to make sure that we're doing it correctly. In Acts chapter 19, I believe it was, we have a group of followers or a group of believers who have been baptized, but they were baptized incorrectly. They only heard of the baptism of John and haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. So you need both of them. In Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10, there was a group that had the baptism but didn't have the Holy Ghost and another group that had the Holy Ghost and didn't have the baptism. So there are a lot of examples that, um, that portray what we need to be or what we need to have to be saved. So again, to the individual, thank you so much for the questions. And he, all, he also said that we, that we don't understand the impact that we're making. So I do appreciate that. Um, and it's not a requirement for anybody to say that. But when we do hear it, um, it just makes us feel good. Um, we always enjoy reaching out to people or reaching people with the true word of God. Uh, we enjoy encouraging people. We know that what we get on here and say may not be what a lot of people want to hear. But it's what we all need to hear. I mean, I think it was the last Bible study. We went to Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 10 where people said, speak to us lies, speak to us smooth things and smooth sayings. Well, that's not our goal here. You know, we're not speaking, uh, what's the word, uh, prophetically or 
I can't think of the word, but uh, prosperity, yes, that's the word, prosperity, uh, where people say, uh, God's going to bless you in 30 days with this house, that house, just donate this, just donate that. We're not about that. Um, I think uh, those are all of the comments. We don't have any more questions, but uh, I do want to. I do want to say one other thing. Oh, I apologize. Ahead. No problem. Um, somebody, somebody was just asking me about that. Actually, um, now that you mention it, somebody was just asking me, "Do I need to be baptized to be saved?" And I, I know everyone. When you hear this question, you are, you instantly have an opinion on it. And a lot of times people have opinions on things that they have never studied. Never. Somebody instantly feels, I know this answer, but they never actually asked the question. They never studied it. And so I will tell you, having studied this and seek God on this, look, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved. It's, it's imperative that you do that. You must do it. Because Jesus says so. Not Tony, because Tony does not matter. Jesus himself said this. You can point back and say, oh, well, what about the thief on the cross? I can deal with that also. We can deal with all of this, but just know you must be baptized in Jesus' name. Being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not enough. Because that is not a name. Look, if, if, if I sent you to the store for me and said, look, I want you to buy me something. Uh, I remember the days of layaway. <laughs> if I tell you to go to the store and put this in my name on layaway, you wouldn't show up and say, I'm putting this in his name. And they say, who is his? And you say him, you say the preacher, you say uh, my cousin, my, 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 my nephew, my, my uncle. You, you can say all these titles, but they're still going to need an actual name. When it comes down to baptism, father is not a name. Look, every last one of us in this world have a father. That's the only way we got in here. Whether we know the person or not, we had to have a father. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit is not a name. So when you go back and truly study these things, you will find out. Look, I challenge anybody that disagrees with this. Show me one place in the Bible where someone was baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I'll go get rebaptized right now. I, as soon as possible, I'm going myself to get rebaptized because I want to get this thing right. I want to make sure that what I'm saying I believe in is true. But I can assure you, you won't find it. I've been looking myself, but you might be better than me. You might, you just might be better than me, and I'm okay with that because, as I was saying, this entire Bible said, "Look, we're all in this thing together." So. If you find that scripture, I will go and do it because it's important, because I want to be saved. I want to be saved. So I hope and pray that uh, someone would begin to examine this, look at this, question the things that we have been taught I know you can look around at all the mega churches and say, well, my preachers did it. This is how he baptized. Look, that doesn't mean anything. Is it what the word says, though? See, I know somebody's going to pull back Matthew 28 and 19. And that's where Jesus commanded. That's where he told them what to do. But I want you to go and find them do it verbatim that way. You won't find it. They always said in Jesus' name, because Jesus is the name for the Father, He is the name for the Son, and He is the name for the Holy Spirit. So may God bless you again. Uh, we've did many, many, many Bible studies on this very topic, um, but the question is still present. Somebody still doesn't know this, and that's totally fine.
That's totally fine. And we're going to uh, discuss that same very topic again in the future, if if God permits. So, again, I'll turn it back over to the hands of Mel. Yep, as Tony was saying, we have about 100 Bible studies, I'm not joking, about 100 Bible studies on the topic of being born again and getting the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. And um, I've tried to make it as easy as possible to go on the website and search for exactly what it is that that you um, are looking for. You can search Acts 2 and 38, um, Acts 2 and 4. You can search born again, baptism. You can search all of that and it'll just filter out all of the messages. You can look and find exactly what you are looking for. And um, that, that's the goal of the website, for it to be as easy as possible. So um, I pray that anybody who is um, seeking guidance for that to, to do so. Um, so here are the other comments. Um, Sister Vanilla Lowe says, praise the Lord. Saints, Sister Rosie says, praise the Lord. And um, let's see. Levon says, the chaos gets worse despite praying for changes. Seems like the world, well, it is. The world is just getting further and further away from God. Um, Tony mentioned earlier, um, our time. Our time is running out. Uh, Janet says, greetings, Tony. Um, David says, it's not, uh, let's see, it's not what man says, but what does the word of God, which is in the Bible, says on what we need to do to be saved? Um, he said, Jesus said that they that believe according to the scripture. Um, Janet asks, what is the website? And the website is jmsbible.com. <clears throat> all of our messages going back from over four years ago, they're all there. So I do encourage um, any and everybody to go give a listen. And those are all of our comments right now. So thank you guys so much for the interaction the, and the questions and all of the feedback. Uh, we have Kim, David, Vernelia, Sister Rosie, LaVon, and also Janet. I apologize if I'm missing anyone. So as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. It's always a good message. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. So until, until then, you guys have a happy, safe and blessed weekend. And thanks once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.